0: Welcome to the Sanctuary, a safe space to speak from the heart. I'm your host, Israel, and my guest today is super talented pyrographer, designer, um, studio founder, owner, super awesome human being, Mel Madiva. Thanks for coming to the Sanctuary today.
1: Thank you so much to the Sanctuary
0: for having me. Oh man, I don't even know where to start. So I'm on Instagram, right? And then I see like your post. It, it, like, you know, in my head, you, you're you like, okay, wait, that's a soldering iron. What is this person <laughs> going to do with a soldering iron? And then I saw the finished creation and my mind was blown. Like, how did he get into pyrography?
1: Okay, so I got into the pyrography similar to how you found me. So I didn't even see anybody do what I was doing. Um, But I just saw the word pyrography on Facebook in 2013, which is a very long time ago now. Um, So I was just like, what does that mean? And then I looked and I googled and I see that, you know, it's the art of drawing with a soldering iron or with fire and so on and so forth. So I was like, oh my gosh, because I already had an arts background, I knew how to draw. I was like, oh my gosh, let me try this out. And then I did. And I didn't watch any YouTube videos. I didn't you know, get any classes, I just figured it out for myself. And I think that's why my style is also very distinctive and unique.
0: Yeah, no, it's super unique. Um, Like, what, I guess, what about that word pulled you? It's a pretty cool word, I'm going to say. But like, what about it pulled you to go down this rabbit hole?
1: Um, I don't know. You know, I think, you know, sometimes in life, we just... um feel things and we go with it. And I think that's usually when the best results come out. Um, But I mean, I really loved wood. I had studied interior design and I noticed that I I liked a lot of wooden finishes. Um, So I think the aspect of, you know, incorporating art and interior design on a different level, I think was interesting to me and I wanted to explore that
0: hmm let's go back a little bit then because you mentioned that you you've always done some drawing how did you start drawing like what led to that passion
1: um so just like many of us when we were in preschool we used to draw on our parents walls and everything we draw on paper um so my mother noticed that i really liked art so she would just try and encourage me to draw on paper or to paint and so on. And as I was in primary school, I got into art classes. Um, you know, I did art as a subject in, 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 well, I did design as a subject in high school. And so I'm very grateful to have a black mother who was able to um, <laughs> let me do yeah. my thing.
0: Yes, yes. yes. <laughs> we, you know, you mentioned that your mother was like, hey, here's this thing, draw. And like, you know, I'm African myself. The thing is usually, you know, you have to be a doctor, you know, engineer, one of all those things. So, yeah, you know, you you were, I guess, led on this path you are on.
1: Yes. I mean, and and it's very funny because as much as my mother was encouraging me to do these things, she still, as I was growing up, even I think maybe even last year or two years back, she was like, when are you going to get a real job, you know? <laughs> 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 um so yeah i it, she does she still doesn't understand but you know what can she do what can she say
0: mm, mm, mm. okay so you did um why did you decide to study architecture though
1: um so it was in 2012 yeah so mm. it was interior design and not necessarily architecture sorry
0: yes. interior <laughs> design my bad yeah <laughs>
1: yes so that was straight after high school i did interior design Um, yeah, did interior design, you know, had a few hiccups financially with my mom. Um, and then I started my own business and then I eventually went back to school.
0: What was the business you started?
1: Um, so I did a, something called Yuppie Threads. Um, my partner, my business partner at the time was a graphic designer student and I was an interior design student. And we were just driving around, you know, a, a, I wouldn't say it's a hood, but it's a, it's a busy town um, called Sunnyside in Pretoria. And we noticed that a lot of people were just throwing out their couches out in the street, you know, and some of them were mm-hmm. still very good condition. So we had the idea to come up with a brand that would um, signify us as people, but also refurbish, you know, Old stuff, you know, and incorporate graphic design into the interior or furniture space. So, um, but I mean, we started small because we didn't have a lot. We we did t shirts, um, and we we were out at you know markets and stuff. But you know, yeah,
0: you've always had this enter, yeah, Yeah. sorry, you've always had this entrepreneurial, uh, entrepreneurial spirit. Where did it come from?
1: I don't know, because my mom's not an entrepreneur. There aren't actually a lot of entrepreneurs in my family. Um, mm. So it's not something that was very, you know, that was taught to me. I just kind of decided, you know. I mean, my mom would suggest it, but she wouldn't teach me how to mm. to do it properly, you know. Um, but it started very early. Um, when I was in grade five, I was making jewelry with beads. So yeah. I would make them... And you know, somebody liked it, but I didn't really sell like I didn't think that I was doing anything particular. I think I probably sold two or three, like in total. Um, mm. but you know, I, I think I've I've always been drawn to having like an entrepreneurial um spirit, yeah.
0: That is so cool. Um, right, so you finish interior design and did you get into making art as a business right away or did you do anything with your interior design um, degree?
1: No, I didn't do anything with my interior design degree. I just went straight to, you know, monetizing whatever it was that at the time, because, you know, it took a long time for me to take my art seriously. At first, it was more of like a hobby and I, would, I, had a, I had a 9 to 5. I was a journalist. Um, and news reporter. And then at the same time, I also had a different business where we made skincare and hair care. So, you know, I was just always doing something and it was only until 2019 when I won an art residency called the Blessing Gubeni Art Prize when mm. I realized like, oh my gosh, I actually have something here. Um, nobody else in Africa is really doing this or nobody, nobody, female Africans are doing this and so i thought that this could be an opportunity for me to actually take my art seriously and live off of my art you know so Mm. um only in 2019 when i when i won a prize did i realize that i can really monetize from this.
0: so like i mean it never occurred to you or you never had people suggest you should sell your work
1: of course they did and i and, and even throughout the years when um I was doing other things. I would still sell some art here and there, but it wasn't something that I thought like, you know, I just thought it would be a side hustle or something, you know, I didn't think that it would be my main source of income.
0: Mm. Mm. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. So let's talk about the, uh, the art residency you won. How was that experience? Do you remember the um, piece that you created that got to that uh, residency?
1: Um, so applying for the residency, they just wanted to see previous works and uh, yeah, so they, they wanted to see my work and then I went in for an interview and I went in with the interview with new work that I had been experimenting on, on paper. And basically, they were like, "Ah, oh, we wish you brought your other works because we don't really like this." So, <laughs> as much as I, I felt like after the interview, I was sure that I got it because it felt good. I felt, I felt positive, and and everything. So I remember getting into the car and telling my friends, "I think I have got the residency, but we'll see." You know, mm-hmm. um. But yeah, I, I think I, I just felt like I knew that that was for me. Um, and at the residency, that's how I started uh, a new series called uh, The 13th Letter, Manifestation of Self, where I had a solo exhibition. Um, and that was very fruitful for me. I think it was a good time for me to, you know, explore myself and to explore different techniques. So I really had my own studio. Sometimes I was sleeping in the studio,
0: you know, because wow. I also had a,
1: a, a tight um time to to produce as many works as possible and still um you know have the solo in time so
0: how long was your residency for
1: it was three months
0: wow and how much work did you make in that time
1: uh i made i technically made 12 well it was just insane it was supposed to be 13 because i wanted to have 13 pieces but we only, right. we
0: only had like 10, 10 pieces yeah. So that is crazy. That is crazy. I, I mean, like, I can't even comprehend it. The amount of work that goes into making one of these pieces. And actually talking about the pieces, you know, you started this YouTube um, series called Becoming. And that was kind of the first time I'm like seeing you actually doing it. And it's like, it's, it's so much work. I'm, I'm lazy. So let me just start with that. I'm lazy. So when I see someone putting that much, I'm like, why? Why is so much work? Um, what do you love about putting that soldering iron on paper or wood? What about it you love?
1: I think I just really love um, the way it feels in my hands, you know, and how I can focus on something. You know, these days you can't watch Netflix without you know, eating or you can't eat without watching something. You can't even be on the toilet without, you know, some kind of extra stimulation. So I think yeah. for me, it's, it's a time for me to also just be meditative um, and to, to actually focus on one thing at a time. And then mm-hmm. the other thing would be just having music playing in the background or something like that. Um, so yeah. I think it's, it's for me, so it's a, a grounding experience. Um, depending on the material that i'm using sometimes the the smell is also good it smells nice because i'm burning the wood um so mm. i also enjoy that um but for the most part i think it's just very relaxing for me for a lot of people obviously it would be stressful um but <laughs> <laughs> but for me yeah I, I just really enjoy it
0: man okay so um walk me through the process like do you kind of know what is going to be at the end before you even start at all, or you just create it and then change it? As yeah. So go? a lot of
1: the time, a lot of the time, I I I have an idea of what it will look like, but I don't know exactly exactly how it will look like. Um. So, like for instance, if I if I think about the um the piece I did last year, it was a huge piece a commission piece of Optimus Prime.
0: Oh I mean, my gosh. Yes.
1: <laughs> so the piece of Optimus Prime obviously I was given a, a photographic reference and I didn't even try to fake it. I just scanned the whole like I, I projected it and I traced it first. Um but when I was done with the with the body of it I didn't know if I was gonna add colour or not. So it was a very interesting experience, especially because I don't really use paint. So it was interesting Mm. to see like how the piece just got a life of its own at the same time, you know, even though I had an idea of what it was going to look like, the process, it kind of changed things. The materials I had also changed things. So um, yeah, that's, that's how that happened. So a lot of the times I have an idea, but Mm. It doesn't always quite come out exactly I imagined it, but sometimes it's better, sometimes it's worse.
0: (laughs) I don't think it's worse because, man, your work looks amazing. Okay, so let's talk about the process now. Um, You have this idea. What happens from then on out?
1: So if it's an abstract idea, then I just start on it because there's nothing to look at. But if it's like a portrait or something, I do work better if I already have a photographic reference or some kind of reference, um, just to so that I get the proportions right and everything. And then I would sketch it out with a pencil, and mm. then I would um, start with the with the power, with the soldering iron.
0: Mm. Yeah. Gosh. And uh, what's the biggest piece you've done so far? I think I saw the Optimus from using one of the photos on your website, right? Like with a yes. guy standing by it. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. yes. That the biggest,
1: that that's the biggest piece that I've actually ever
0: done, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's huge.
1: huge.
0: <laughs> How long did it take you to make that one?
1: That took me, I'd say the whole of December, you know. Whoa. It was about a month Whoa. project, yeah. Um, and they, I mean, but I think that you know, considering December is a very busy month, I did go away for Christmas and New Year. So I guess technically it was about three weeks, three and a half weeks. Mm. Um, yeah, so three three and a half weeks of like constant working. Um, that's how long it took me to do that piece.
0: Oh, okay. So let's keep going on this journey. You get the residency. You do your exhibition you think okay there's something here like did you start monetizing right away what were some struggles you faced
1: um so after the i mean after the residency and the, the solo exhibition you know i did sell i sold half the collection at my exhibition wow. and then they still had i still joined a few exhibitions and auctions not a lot happened but then um literally was just you know then it was 2020 then it was the pandemic right so um I hadn't quite finished school yet so I went back to school but I was still trying a few things um so so yeah that's that's how it happened but I I got better at monetizing I had more knowledge about the art industry and I had more art friends as well so it was just nicer to navigate around that
0: One question, though, I try to ask most most of my artist friends is, like, how do you know how to price stuff, right? Because it's not like, you know, I mean, sure, you can say the material is X rand, but how do you, like, price your time and you know your mental effort that goes into making this thing. Right. How did you conquer like deciding to price or stuff? and do you ever get those moments where you're like, maybe I shouldn't price that high or that low or yes. I price too low, you know do you ever get such moments?
1: hundred percent, I think it's only it's only until last year actually, late last year where I was firm about my pricing. Um, because I always felt like I need to be a little bit affordable. But when I think about it, like a lot of the time in the beginning, I was working at a loss because mm. you know, um yeah, yeah I I wasn't charging accurately for my for my decision because the art mm. the, the wood is expensive. I use electricity with the soldering iron, and um, then there's my skill. there's nobody else in, South, in Africa that does what I do the way I do it um also i've also got like accolades i've won a prize you know so some of the time like i forgot some of those things um and i definitely underpriced myself a lot um Mm. but those days are long gone (laughs) (laughs) so yeah you definitely have those those moments where you feel like Mm. you are underpricing or overpricing i used to think i was overpricing then you know, you, it, it helps, I think, if you want to be an artist um, to go visit a lot of galleries. So I I was living mm-hmm. in Pretoria, so I didn't really visit a lot. I mean, there are art galleries in Pretoria, but I didn't enjoy the process, you know, as as often or as much as I did coming all the way to Joburg. And that's why I moved here. So wow. um, you get to see a lot of work and then you see the price and you're like, ah, you know, <laughs>
0: do <laughs> you, 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 you ever get times where you know I'm not criticizing anyone's work but like you walk into a gallery and you see the work and you see the price and you're like for that
1: <laughs> yeah yeah I mean it, it's natural we do that and I mean I'm not even talking about like um, for artists only it's nothing It's nothing personal to the artist because we it's do true. that with sunglasses with clothes it's true. With, shoes, with phones it's true. you know so so sometimes yeah.
0: it's like, that That can't be right. <laughs> that can't be right. Yes. Yeah. But, you know, um, just seeing your process and the work you put into it, uh, as in whatever you are pricing just makes sense. Mm, did you ever work with like, uh, start working with like brands, um, bigger brands in, in South Africa? Um, I haven't. I only
1: just did my first uh work for brand um and it's not even like just that brand so there's a there's going to be a calendar um that i'm part of so there are 12 artists but so obviously one artist per month okay. and every artist gets a brand so my brand was oh. absa yeah so my, what,
0: what, what month is gonna be yours
1: march it's international yes. women's month you know nice, so nice, nice. yes yes i'm always always about the women so um Yes. Uh, so yeah, that was, that was my first real brand. Um, But then, you know, I've worked with brands, yeah, not really, but they were all much smaller just, and it was not necessarily connected to my art more as okay. me, like just a little bit of an influencer thing.
0: Yeah, um, that that's the next thing I'm gonna jump on. <laughs> no, that's because like you you have a huge community on Instagram, uh, You're Facebook. Telling. Um, I, I'm serious, like you know you have, see. So here's the thing, right? To me, it's about the engagement more than mm. the number of followers. I don't, I don't mm. need. So like you've seen pages where people have tens of thousands of followers and they get I don't know six likes versus someone that has just a few thousand and they they just put up one post and the likes and comments are crazy. Wow. And that's what stands out to me. So it's the engagement you get. So it's like the community and the people you built around you are actually interested in this thing you're doing. And there's like interaction. So that's what stands out to me. Not really the number of followers, if that makes sense.
1: Yes, yes, yes,
0: for sure. So, so to me, you have a huge following because they're super engaged. How did you build that?
1: I don't know. So I've had... Issues with social media. I don't know. Maybe someone secretly hates me um, and <laughs> keeps reporting my page or something. But yeah, I haven't. Like, I mean, I remember when Reels came out. I didn't have Reels. I. Mm-hmm. It took months. It took me like probably six months. It took a very long time for me to get Reels. Um, mm-hmm. so my 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 discover like I wasn't being discovered much, even though I was posting and I was engaged um so now I think that the algorithm is starting to like me again I have reels um, and all these things but it was very difficult I mean and I think if I had you know if I were to start over now it would be extremely difficult you know to to get my my following because I think I've had this Instagram since Instagram came out you know Mm. um but but also it's just—it's not very easy to, I think, build a thing, especially if you don't necessarily have a niche. Um, and I mm. think that's why I decided to split, you know, to create Mel My Studio and create its own um, mm. thing so that you, know, you can have a niche and, and still be able to collaborate with different brands on this account and have different brands on this account and monetize both or engage, reach a, a wider audience and cross-populate, you know. Yeah, um, mm. I think um, I haven't been, I haven't made it a goal to grow my my stuff because then that means that you you kind of lose the essence of. Right. Following, you know, the algorithm or trying to do what you think people like or what Instagram mm. likes, you know, so it makes things a little bit difficult for you to stay true to your authentic self.
0: And that is something that really stands out to me about you. Like you are, you don't fake it. Like this is you, <laughs> and, and and I love that. You Even take that to your YouTube when you're vlogging. It's like this is it. I'm I'm doing this, and and yeah. this is what I'm doing. Like w- there was one where I think you went to um Cape Town for your birthday. I think, and it was yeah. so, like you know we're going on the journey with you and one of the things that stood out for me was just you chilling at wimpy and like oh i'm here at wimpy because i have to wait but it's like so real this is like me this is mel and i really love that vibe about about and your work which leads me to becoming um you mentioned you know your artwork for upside is going to be march international uh, month for Women. Women empowerment is something that also comes through in your work. And now with the Becoming series, why did you decide to do it, and how do you even decide to pick the people you make this their portrait for the Becoming series?
1: Okay, so I think I've always loved women. Um, I was always more inclined to women. Uh, growing up, I, I I just liked them. You know, I just felt like it was a safer space. Um, without even thinking about. You know the politics and the things that we we, we read and we know about today, um, mm-hmm. but I always just you like drawing women better. I thought that they had better features. They're in more interesting physically as well. Um, so I, I'm often inspired by a lot of women um, throughout the space in real life and obviously exter- like digitally and externally and like famous people and whatever. Um, so mm-hmm. I think for me, my reason for creating Becoming was to give people their flowers while they're still alive. You know, don't just be like, oh, you know, this when the person passes away, I really mm-hmm. like this person, etc. Or in the midst of like some kind of travesty or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I wanted to do that. And also to show like the range of different women that I actually consume, look up to find uh, that I'm inspired by. Um, yeah. And I, I think for me, it would be also, it was also interesting to kind of, because with the Becoming series, I was trying to act like them. If they were YouTubers, I would also try to edit like them. Um, so I think it was a, a very interesting ex- experiment for me to see how my acting is, you know, how, if I can find things to make things more interesting, then it's like, I'm creating content that I'm trying to create like an experience that shows that I really or truly understand um, the person that I'm I'm drawing or becoming in that in that episode. So um, mm. yeah, I think it was just like a very interesting uh, look at um, exalting other women, um, because a lot of the time people just they want to be the star, but like we are all we all have people um, that influence us um, throughout mm. the day or throughout our lives. So it's good to acknowledge those people as well.
0: Hmm. And like, uh, for the people listening or watching the sanctuary now that don't have an idea what becoming series is, could you give a little bit of a description about what the series is?
1: Okay, so becoming series is a series of portraits um of women that inspire me. Uh, I've done Erin on Demand, who's a YouTuber, Lydia Dinga, um, other people that I've already completed but haven't published yet. <laughs> Um, include Jackie Aina, um Sibongilo Kumalo, who's a jazz musician, who passed away last year as well. Um, yeah, a lot of YouTubers, um, and musicians, um and businesswomen, uh, so yeah, and some friends, I suppose. So I think that's that's what that is, just a portrait of Bonang on a piece of paper done by pyrography and then um, I just speak over, speaking about what it is that I like about her and uh, when I found her, what how she inspires me, etc. So that's what Becoming Series is.
0: Yeah, I really love the one about Erin on Demand. I really loved it. And like, you know, uh, how long does it take to make the piece itself?
1: So the pieces on paper are much quicker, but it's easier to make a mistake. So... Um, <laughs> so yeah um i think with, with the ones on paper i could
0: do in about 3 hours mm. you know um yeah maybe 4
1: about,
0: depending on yeah okay talking about mistakes yeah um i mean what you do you know like we paint you can kind of like paint over it you can like use water or white or black or mix or whatever but the piece you use for your work is <laughs> You just have to commit, right? How do you handle if say you you know you get out of line or there's something just happens or there's a loud noise and you scratch something? How do you handle mistakes when you're making a work?
1: Um how I handle mistakes? I try not to make them to begin with. But if they do happen. <laughs> <laughs> but if they do happen, um I have to scratch it out. But the problem with scratching it out is that because the surface is so the surface is so smooth, you will see that mm. it's been scratched out. So um, oh. I either try to scratch it out, and I don't know, like try to do something on top of that, or mm. I try to burn over it and come up with something to to hide that. Um, but the best thing to do is just to not make mistakes at all. <laughs>
0: Right. Something that just came to mind and, you know, I'm not the most handy person, but with soldering iron, like, I don't think you can change the heat. It doesn't have heat settings. You just plug it and it just gets hot and that's it. Like, So I guess, I mean, you've done this for years now. Is there like a technique that you use, you know, for the heating and making sure it's the right temperature and things like that?
1: Yes so so for for my my technique is that if I'm doing like and this is something that I had to learn um throughout the like my journey um mm-hmm. I used to just start anyway if I'm doing a portrait you know mm-hmm. and I I usually did the face last and I think that that was the mistake on my part because if I make a mistake then the whole piece is ruined because the face is not my. right and that's the point. So now I start with the face and then go on to everything else because then it's easier to fix those mistakes. Um, So that is my my process now. But when it comes to the heating, I have to just plug it in. Obviously, if I immediately plug it in, then um, it starts getting hot. So it's not that hot yet. So I do um, stuff with the lighter areas or like highlights on whatever it is that I'm doing. Um And then as it gets hotter, I move on to the to, to the hotter thing. Like, for instance, if I were to draw myself now, I would start with, like, my cheeks first because it's the lightest. And then, like, maybe my eyebrows and whatever, like my chin. And then because then once the thing is, like, super hot, then I can move on to, like, my hair because it's the darkest and I can burn much easier. Uh, the
0: so the darker, the hotter, right? Like the darker, yes. the, the- Peace, okay. Hmm. Yes. The doctor, yeah. Wow. Oh man, it's always interesting talking to you. Cause like the thing you you know, it's it's cool, it's scary, it's interesting, and then you're creating like this thing and it's mind blowing anyway. Um, so let's talk about uh one thing that's been a thread that I've noticed is like um With the prize you won, um, with um, your Becoming series, um, there is this, you know, we've talked about it, women, uh, like women driven side to what you do. Do you ever get any pushback from like people that consume your work that, oh man, you're all about, you know, women empowerment or whatever?
1: Yes, um so I have received that like but I think for the most part people understand why I'm doing it or you know, I think nobody minds. I've definitely received mm. push pushback. Um but then it hasn't been that intense that I think I would make a note of it. Um yeah, yeah I think that I think people understand that, you know, as black women, um, you know, we're not really out there in 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 the art, you know, and if they are in art or ancient art, then it's like, you no, know, she's the nanny and so on. And mm. and black art history has been eradicated. Like for instance, Picasso was inspired by African artifacts, but we don't know which artifacts you know really inspired him. So it's just mm. like, you know, we have to document um all these women, these black women, that's what I believe. And I think I don't feel bad for not including, um, you know, men in my work. I've obviously
0: men, it's done your, it. yeah, It's your work. work. It's your work. You can create whatever you want. It's your work. You can create whatever you want. Okay. So let's talk about your exhibit, exi- exhibitions. How do you prepare for it? Like, you know, okay, I'm going to do six, ten, blah, blah, blah pieces. But um, getting the pieces is one thing. What else do you have to do for the exhibition itself?
1: Um so usually I work with um like for instance for my first solo um I was with Blessing them Blessing Group in the Art Prize so they managed a lot of you know the admin for me. Um but I obviously did it. They just didn't say, Hey, you have to write an artist statement, hey, you have to update your artist, blah, blah, blah. Um, write a little synopsis about each work. Um mm-hmm. and I would submit that to them. Um, I would take pictures as well. Um so I think yeah so, so so it's not always you know I just try to make a body of work and then hopefully I get invited to exhibitions or I approach people for to be included in their exhibitions mm-hmm. um and then I see what is what is available what has not been sold and then they see if it works with um their exhibition as well mm-hmm. um but I think for a solo exhibition that's where you know, it's all about you and you have to really know exactly what you're doing Mm. and um, prepare for it in in a lot of ways, like having a proper routine, actually completing the work. Um, So yeah, I think that that's that's the toughest part to actually get the work done and to make sure that your idea or the synopsis of the work is actually very cohesive and that People will understand what the work is about.
0: Mm, yeah. Mm, wow, yeah, that's very true. Um, so, do you have any exhibitions in the works planned coming up soon?
1: Um, I've got something planned, um, but I won't say much about it. But hopefully, that hopefully the exhibition will um come to life at least in August this year. Wow um but i still you know i think i I need to get a few sponsors because i think i need a little bit of funding to um execute um this idea and yeah uh, we'll see how things go
0: have you already started any work on the idea yet or i mean i've done
1: research i've done intense research um extensive research um, but but that's that's it I haven't I mean in my mind I've thought about how I would do certain things or the which woman I would have part of it which things would be abstract you know I've thought about a rough number of of artworks um that I think I could create in that time mm-hmm. so yeah that's that's about it that's all I've done yeah. in that
0: regard that's I, I can't wait! I can't wait for August. Then and then, is there any particular reason why you are aiming for August?
1: Or? I mean, August is Women's Month in South Africa as well, so <laughs> <laughs> um, it will definitely have. Uh, it will be centered around uh, women and queer people this time as well. Um, mm-hmm. so members of the LGBT community. Um, yeah, that's 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 th- those people are the people that I will be making work for and about.
0: Why is that important to you?
1: Um I think, you know, it's it's good to uplift marginalized communities. Um communities that are misunderstood. And for me, um I wasn't I wasn't I didn't know that I was queer. I don't, you know, for a long time I was not I was not identifying as such. Um but you know I think I understand why people would want to be with different people um and you know there's a lot of shame especially from families or people that don't understand so i think for me this year uh, well, last year really was you know for me to try navigate that space um and i i was actually going to a lot of uh queer parties um and it's 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 a completely different um environment and community so i think um it's always good to give back whether you are part of the community or not. But if you acknowledge, you know, what's going on, then it's, it's, I think that's important to do.
0: Mm. I asked that because I think there's a, I think there's a YouTube video of yours where there's this party and man, there's this guy in white. The guy was dancing his heart out. I was <laughs> like, I couldn't, I was transfixed. So you're right. Queer parties are the best yes definitely definitely the best yeah oh man um mel so we've talked about kind of this journey and where you are now and, and plans you're having for the future um there might be someone watching there and they are making art or not or creating something what is something you've learned over the years that you'd like to share with this person
1: Um, I think the most important thing to think about when you are creating or when you are a creator is to act when you're inspired. So when you are thinking about an idea, that's usually the best time to do something, even if you're just writing it down, even if you're just uh, telling somebody about it, if you trust them or, you know, start researching or reading about it at that moment, that is the best time to, to, you know, delve deep into it. Um, Mm. and yeah, that I think to, to act when inspired and to just try to be as consistent as possible. Um, but also just giving yourself grace. If you're not, if you don't feel like it, you can't do anything, you're going to mess things up. So, Mm. um, yeah, like trying to keep yourself healthy, um, both mentally and physically so that you can create, and be the best version of
0: yourself and the, create the best version of your work as well. Mm. Yeah. Mel, uh, it's great talking to you. I've learned so much and I can't wait for this piece. to grow great. And really like, you know, just to follow this amazing trajectory of your career is so inspiring. Yeah. And I also want to say thank you so much for coming to the sanctuary today. Thank you
1: guys so much for having me, Israel. Like it's just, it's always great to have these conversations as well because you, then you also think, oh my gosh, like I was also a listener and somebody inspired me or, you know, to, to get to see other people and other creatives and, and be inspired by them. So it feels good for me to do that and to have that conversation. And also for me to be able to look back at my own life because sometimes you just keep going and going and you forget like what you used to do and how you got there. So it's always good to have those reminders as well. So thank you for having me.